and welcome to the sanctuary a safe space to speak from the heart i'm your host israel and my guest today is abadi aldrani the owner of house of eights down studio in downtown halifax thanks so much for coming to the sanctuary thank you for having me yeah uh i'll just start with it like the videos on instagram always like i watch them every day and it's like you guys put them every day um like before we get to the videos on Instagram, let's rewind a bit. How did you get into dancing? How did I get into dancing? Um, I would say like maybe about 10 or so years ago, I, I was kind of in a rut, like physically, like I always wanted, I needed some form of some outlet. I used to do Taekwondo, I did tennis. I kind of played a lot of different like sports, I guess. And then dance was always something I've always wanted to do and explore, but growing up, in the middle east um it wasn't really a thing that i could do over there um but i would always like watch videos on tv and like watch shows like something the dance and all these movies and then when i moved to canada in 2008 uh, about a year or so later i decided to take a dance class for the first time and both because it was something that i've always um, been interested in but also i hated going to the gym or running or any of that <laughs> stuff and i I'm like i need to be doing something active with my body not just being like in school and yeah. i did it and fell completely in love got obsessed and it was like the best i guess best thing that ever happened to me and kind of from there just kept taking as many opportunities to dance as i can both in halifax and whenever i travel to other cities and just kind of kept growing and growing as a dancer and eventually started teaching and you know here i am today <laughs> so like what style of dance was that first do you remember what style of dance that first uh dance lesson was uh my first dance classes were hip-hop it was a hip-hop class and i kind of did modern and hip-hop those were kind of the two styles which both very different um the styles i kind of started with i definitely was more of a hip-hop dancer to start um but then after that i quickly was like let me jump into literally every style that i can find i did like some contemporary I did some tap jazz jazz funk heels dance hall literally any class i can get into that's in my schedule i would try <laughs> um, what do you love about dancing though i mean how does it make you feel it is one of the few like times that i can like erase everything from my mind like i when i finished when i was in school as well as when i like left school and um was working full-time in agencies and doing marketing there was always all these things happening in the world and i'd be stressed from work or things in my personal life and dancing was the only time where i can like not have to think about any of that stuff because i find if i'm like reading or doing other activities like my mind can still wander and I would still like think about stresses, like it was hard to tune it out. But when I'm dancing, like you have to be so focused because mm. if you're not focused, you're gonna like, oh, you're gonna miss a step and then you're gonna lose it. And then it's like, you know, it kind of goes from there. So it was a really great outlet to just like escape and focus on something. But then beyond that, it was one of, one of the few ways that I can in a way be myself by not being mm. myself. Um, mm. I was always this very like, shy reserved person growing up just because you know various reasons and then when i started dancing i was like i can be the things that i am in my head like in my head i'm always like living my best life dancing you know all these characters 
and you can never do that in real life it's just like oh that's awkward like why would you be so over the top or why would you do this but when you're performing and you're dancing you can be you know the most over the top character of yourself or you're true mm. with self too if it's a more of like an emotional piece um mm. yeah it's a great way to just let it go yeah let it go let yeah, it go I, I, yeah, and, and then, you know, I'll now jump to the Instagram dances. It's like, it's so expressive. So so you take all these classes for all these years and you travel and take classes. Did you ever compete or do any of those things? Uh, I did compete. So I was on a competition team at my university. So I did that for a few years, but I was also I ended up coaching the competition team. So I choreographed for them as well as a few other competitive teams in Halifax. Um, it wasn't really for me. I enjoyed the aspect of like really focusing on a, on a dance and like perfecting it. But the competition world was so like, especially like dance competition, it's very subjective. I found there's always drama with it too, because competitions <laughs> are competitions. And yeah. it kind of, it almost, that was like the one phase in my like dance career per se that kind of made me not like dance so much. But then I kind of realized oh. that like it's not, it's not dance that I don't like. It's like the, it's the competition. It's the competition aspect. And also I found it all very subjective. Like you would go to competitions, like I would choreograph something and get like a gold top spot in one competition and go to another dance or go to another competition and get like nothing for it. And like it's the same dance, performed fairly similarly, but every judge has their own different opinion of what's great or not. I, and I'm like, I agree completely. Yeah. Uh, you know, I always tell my friends, right? Like when it comes to something that a person is judging, it's always subjective. Like it's hard. Sometimes it's, it's, it might be how that person feels that day. They just don't like your face. They just don't like your sound. And like yeah, they exactly. back you down for that. And it has nothing to do with your skill or whatever it is you're presenting. Yeah. Um, like, so like there's you, definitely you, you, skill into it, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Style and preference plays a big factor as well. Mm. So, so you you know you come to the conclusion that well, this isn't for me. Um, you stopped doing competition or training the team. What did you decide to do? Dance base. I just um, I continue to still dance and teach, but more so just like recreational classes where people just dance for fun and dance to like I guess compete with themselves. Uh, mm -hmm. to grow as dancers and as people and i continue to do that at a university level as well as at a few um mm -hmm. kids studios across hrm and then as time passed by i you know all the time the, the whole time i was doing this i was still working like a full-time like super busy job in marketing and i found i was growing in both careers i guess like i was you know, getting promoted and moving up in my job, but then at the same time getting more and more opportunities as a dance teacher and a dancer in the city to the point where I was like teaching like maybe over a dozen hours a week at some point in on top Holy of my full time shit, job. A lot. So it was it was yeah, it was I enjoyed it. It was great, but I found like I was getting to a point when I did not like my marketing day job. Like it, it wasn't okay. fulfilling for me and dance was so fulfilling, but it was hard to balance both and i i remember having some nights where i would like go home and cry i'm like i don't know what to do with my life like what is i know i love dance i know i'm like good at marketing but i don't necessarily love this job but eventually i just got to the conclusion that i kind of want to pursue dance full time 
Wow. But then I wasn't sure how to do it. So that was kind of my next step is like, how do I pursue dance full time without while living in a city that's not like a big, you know, it's not LA where there's mm. like a big dance industry or something. Like I kind of have to find a way to make dance a career for myself here while also just giving back to the community that helped me grow as a dancer so much. How, and, uh, what did you, what was your conclusion? My conclusion, I guess, it, it kind of happened very suddenly. Like, I have a lot of friends here that are dancers that are like me, like uh, adults that like to dance for fun. They're not doing competition anymore. They're not really doing like crazy training like they used to with kids, but they still want to keep dancing just for the art and for the fun and for the relief. But there was no outlets for us to do it here. Like once you're done university, there wasn't really much you can do. And people always complained. All my friends like, oh, I wish I could go to New York. I wish I could go to this. And whenever we travel, we would do that. And then there was one one vacation I went with. It was a family trip because they have family in the States. Uh, we went to Texas. And uh, like I said, whenever I travel, I like to train just to you know, learn from different people. I went to a studio in Texas, and it was just one room. And I remember walking in there and taking a couple of classes. And it was super fun. But then I quickly realized that it was kind of a different studio than a lot of the other places I've been to, which are normally these big complexes with like so many different studios and rooms. But this one was literally just one room and then a lobby where you just check in, put your stuff away and just jump right into it. And I spoke to the instructor at the end of class. So she, she was super fun. And I kind of told him like, I, I want to do this. And mm -hmm. she mentioned like, she told me to just go for it. And like, all you need is just, just a room that's all this is at the end of the day so it was kind of then that i decided that all i need was just a room and literally the, the day i came back to halifax was like me looking for a room <laughs> and wow. it all just kind of went from there uh how far back ago was this this was summer 2000 and i was gonna say 2008 but no that's very wrong <laughs> this, so oh my god what even year are we we're 2021 yeah, I believe thank this you, COVID. <laughs> it's all a blur. Uh, I think this was summer yeah. of 2018, 2019. Summer 2018. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what dates <laughs> or what anymore. Yeah, it was summer 20, yeah. 2018. And then I quit my job in, I think, November 2018 and opened the studio in January 2019. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so, it, it, I mean, you got to a point where you know, well, you are good at the marketing job, but you, you know, you were not your, you, you were not vibing there, uh, but you love dancing. You've loved it for years and years and years, but, uh, you know, you still have bills to pay. Was it ever scary to take that leap? Oh God, it was the most terrifying thing ever. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I was always someone that like, I needed security. Like I moved here as an immigrant and did all the paperwork, but you know, by the book, made sure I got my permit, my residencies and became a permanent resident did all that stuff. And security was a big part of that. Like I would always have my money saved and I worked while I was in school to make sure that I was making money and saving money. And especially with my parents who both, I don't have any family here. Like they're all still um, back in the Middle East and the Philippines um they're very like traditional in the sense that you know 
you work your full-time job, you work that same job till you retire yeah. versus, so I kind of felt like I needed to follow that sequence. Um, mm -hmm. So I made sure that I had a good chunk of money saved. So when I did quit my job, I was like, okay, I have a little bit of a buffer to get me started. And fortunately for myself, like my mom was, she was very supportive of my decision, which, you know, was a bit of a surprise to me because she's very like, I don't think she ever, I don't think she still understands what I do as like a dancer or like a dance studio owner, but she was like, if this is what you want, I'll support you. And she did like help me financially for the couple months there where it was a bit rough to get started. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, secure, financial security is like all over the place. And then when COVID hit, that was a whole other, mm. I don't know how I made it this far, but we made it. <laughs> <laughs> so i remember you know i'm seeing these uh really awesome videos on instagram like this is a fun place it seems everybody that's in the video is really having a nice time and one thing i noticed was like there were different um skill levels right yeah. um so it wasn't like you have to be this spectacular dancer to join the uh you know dancing studio you were just welcome uh, was that something you were always looking at doing when you started house of eights yes that was always a goal of mine like as like as i grew as a dancer i definitely wanted to make sure that we have classes that were challenging for people that were experienced and wanted to be pushed um like people like myself and a lot of my friends that would consider themselves more like you know intermediate and advanced dancers um but i also know that when I started dancing, I wanted to make sure that there was there were classes and there was a space for people like myself way, way back in the day when I first started dancing, when I just signed up because I really wanted to do it. I had no experience. Um, I didn't train as like a five-year-old kid doing ballet for like 10 years, like a lot of children here. I just kind of jumped into it as an adult in university. Mm. And I wanted to make sure that if there were other people like me that wanted to jump into it as, you know, a grown-up, can do that and fortunately like we we have a, a very mixed number of people here like there's people here that didn't start dancing until they were like in their 20s or 30s or even later like it's been really great seeing so many different journeys um dancing here there, there are people that have never danced before and they've been with us from like the month we opened and right now they're taking like all of our like advanced classes and they're killing it they're doing so great and it's like it's really like inspiring to see their growth just in the span of two years. And, mm. you know, obviously just trying to make sure that there's, there's been hiccups along the way, like um, everyone's perceptions of like, what is a beginner class versus what is one of advanced classes is very like personal. So mm. we've always, we've, we've done a lot of adjusting over the last two years to kind of determine what each style and level should be to make sure that we can accommodate people. Cause there were definitely days where we thought a beginner class was this, but then, an actual beginner would take into like, oh my God, there's, not, there's nothing beginner going on. In this class. <laughs> so, but so that was, that was really good for us to like see that and learn like, okay, we need to be a lot more specific about what each level entails to make sure that we yeah. continue to be accommodating for all levels of experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, something I haven't talked about actually yet is, you know, you came to Canada started dancing and then you go from dancing in studios to actually becoming a teacher how did that uh evolution happening from student to teacher uh it 
it kind of happened on a little bit of a whim. Like, uh, like a few years into dancing, I, as many dancers do, you just end up naturally, well, not many, but like a number of dancers, they just kind of like to vibe on their own, like dance at home and come up with your own choreography and your own movement and your own style. And I remember there was one, one year where I was with a group of friends and they were like in, in the university that I, you know, used to dance with, they, they were asking like, oh, we don't have anyone. We're hoping, we're trying to look for someone to teach this hip hop class over the summer. And there was nobody available because it was like the summer, which is always a weird time to find new people. And I happened to be sitting there and I was like, I kind of was like, can I do it? And <laughs> they all kind of looked at me. They're like, this guy's only been dancing for a few years. Like, I don't know. But I've also trained more than like an average person of my age in that span of two years. So mm. it was like a very packed two years. So they decided to give me a chance. We did, we did like a test class. It went really well. And then I started teaching and eventually like my classes at the university started becoming like, some of the most popular class dance classes they've, they have. And it was really great. Like, um, I loved it so much. It was kind of like the highlight of my week. Um, mm. and people, people used to like it. So it was, you know, it was really good <laughs> for me to build a network. And yeah. luckily, like so, so many of the people that I did teach from way from my very first class years and years ago, still dance with mm. me here at House of Ace right now. So they kind of follow me all along these years. <laughs> that is that is great. That is great. It means, you know, what I say, retention uh, of customers, clients, dancers, whatever it is, there's something about you that's particular to you that this set of people like and it's like wherever you go we'll find you so it's, it's you always cool to have that and um you know you came back you found this how was the how you come back from this trip uh from texas and you're like okay i just need to find this one room what was the process for finding this one room how did you know when you found that space and what what followed after that uh the process was you know, you start by looking online, just like everything, but then you find out there's not real estate or this kind of space isn't really something you find online that easily. So the our very first space was actually technically not our own space. It was just like almost a bit of a sublet um, and a rental from another space in the city. We rented mm -hmm. there for not even six months. And it was, it was a bit small, like it wasn't really like the space that I wanted for us, but it was kind of a space for me to like test the waters and see how things mm -hmm. feel to get started. And very luck, yeah. like very fortunately, things kind of grew very quickly to the point where a lot of our classes were very, were very full in that small space. And there were so many things I wanted to do. Like I wanted more studio time. I wanted to have larger classes, um, you know, you know, just better facilities to the best of what we can. So mm -hmm. that same summer of 2019, I stumbled onto this other space, literally just a block away from this one and moved into there. We were there for about another six to eight months and it was a great, a great place to be, but there were, we had a lot of issues, unfortunately, with the building just because it is a bit of an older building for noise travel. Oh. Um, so, and like, you know, we, we dealt with it as best we can, but at the same time, COVID hit and oh. literally at the same time. So when COVID hit, we had to, between all the issues in that building and just the fact that we had to be closed, we, yeah. we left that building and then 
now we're in this space. So we reopened into this new um, studio about, I think, June last year in the middle of COVID. So I've yet to experience teaching here in a non-COVID setting, but this is where we are right now. Yeah. Um, So uh, COVID, you know, you had this space, COVID hit. Um, I think it was March, you know, we're kind of trying to figure out what to do. But then, yeah, the government came up with that. Oh, we need to shut everything down. How was that for you just mentally and emotionally? Uh, first shutting down and then adapting to what uh, COVID came with? Um, it was a, like a very weird time, but like, it's obviously weird for everyone. I think obviously like most other places, we, we kind of just took time off to just figure things out and see what's happening and just kind of mentally adjust to the world that was going on and then we slowly switched to doing online classes. So we did the Zoom thing. We did, you know, virtual classes for a couple months and those were okay. I, I personally, like, I, I love connecting with people online, but teaching in front of a camera, like as any dance teacher would probably tell you, was like not ideal. <laughs> it's so different. Mm. You don't get to feel the energy the same way, but yes, it was still yes, fun. It was, yes. it was, it was, it was, it was a, it was a halfway solution. Um, but very fortunately because COVID we, you know, Nova Scotia handled COVID fairly well. We were able to open just a few months later in June or July. Um, mm. And then in which case, obviously capacities and like masks and all these things were, you know, hindering, but people wanted so badly to just dance. Like the week we opened, everything was so full because everyone was like, oh my God, I need to get out of the house. I can't wait to dance again. I don't care that we have to be, you know, masked or distanced and all this stuff. They just wanted to dance. Mm-hmm. So... It was good, and as, honestly, it, this, this was kind of weird, but I almost am thankful for that time off. Um, obviously, it's not the greatest financially or in terms of, like, people suffering in many places, but it was what I was going go, go, go for the entire year and a half that we opened. That was the first time mm-hmm. that I had time to just, like, sit back and reflect and learn again. Like, I took that time to read, um, more about different ways to improve the business in the studio and be a better teacher and leader. Took some courses, I'm still taking courses. Um, and I feel like doing that stuff has helped me and the studio a lot to survive, but mm-hmm. also grow in this time. I feel like yeah. if COVID didn't force us to pause, I would have never really pa- been forced to pause and do this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so positive did come out of it. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. I completely understand because, like, uh, videos were coming up like a lot every day. Here's one for you I've not asked yet. It just hit me now. Like, when it comes to choreography, which comes first, like the dance or the music? Like, do you like you listen to this song? Like, okay, I can do this dance to it, or do you go, this is this dance and this is the song I want to go with it? Um, I think it's different for everyone. Um, for me personally, and for most people that I know, it's definitely the music. Like I need to, I'm always listening to music and when it hits, it hits. (laughs) Like if the song, (laughs) and you never know, sometimes I'll just be like listening to music while I'm cooking or like in the shower and the song will come on the playlist and be like, oh, and like, (laughs) you know, you just naturally vibe with it and it it feels right. And then that's kind of, I, I have a playlist of songs that, like, as soon as I feel like, you know, it's for me and my style, I add it to a playlist. 
And mm. so when the time comes that I do need to choreograph and teach, I just kind of go back to this playlist and see which one I'm vibing with, like in that moment. Mm. So uh, it's, like- it's very much like a music led process. Yeah, I'd like, now you found the song, how do you now cre- create the choreography? Do you have a process for that? Uh, and do you name your dances or? I, like, it depends if I'm choreographing for like a piece versus just like a class combo for like the, you know, the drop-in class that we do. Um, for the most part, just because drop-in classes is what we, you know, teach on a weekly basis is you just kind of listen to it and just see what section of the song feels really good to you where you like how it starts and ends for like this like 30 to 50 second segment and then Mm -hmm. from there you just there's always like a certain move that like for whatever reason gets stuck in your head just start and Mm -hmm. i usually just like pick that section and then just build from there either working backwards or working forward from this like oh on this word i know i want to do this Okay. And that's kind of where it starts. And then I kind of oh. just work around that. Yeah. But. Yeah. Cause I always wonder, and okay, okay. What's the thing about counting to eight? Like what's, what's, what's that about? I mean, I am like a terrible counter. It is one of my worst <laughs> as a dancer and teacher, but I am, you know, it, it really depends on the song. I'm very much, I teach by like sound effects and like musicality and stuff like that, which, you know, works thankfully, but, um, it's it's just a, a that's how music and convention works. You just kind of most music today is built on like an eight count where it just repeats every four or eight depending how fast you're counting. Um, and that's actually where the name of our studio came from. It's just Tassabase because it's, there's lots of eight counts that happen in this room. <laughs> um, yeah. Non but non counted. None of them counted by myself, but they do happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um um once so you know i always saw house of eight videos on instagram i love it and then i can't i think it wasn't last year it was maybe the year before down at the not really the water well kind of the waterfront ish there was this like event that house of eight had and like everyone came to dance and I don't know if you could recall this. It was like right at the waterfront and um, every couple of minutes, a song would change and then some people would clear the stage yeah. and then some people would dance. It was so great to see. But you know, one thing that really stood out for me was that there was a lot of South Korean, I think, South Korean songs. And almost everybody knew, like was singing along to these songs. I'm like, wait, what is going on? uh how did south korean songs start to get so popular with dancers uh like so k-pop k-pop yes 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 yes. k-pop is definitely like a big thing in just the general you know i guess pop music um especially with the younger people right now it it's uh, like definitely one of our more popular classes or at least especially back then it was definitely some of our most popular uh it's dances to music videos it's like BTS or Blackpink or any of these artists, like they would have all their music videos have such like intricate, crazy, super fun choreography, and everyone just likes to learn them. They'll learn them from the music video, and then they perform it together. So we we have K-pop classes where we you know we learn the choreography from these videos and oh. teach them, and it's a great way for people to like connect 
and it's a, it's a lot of fan base like if people are fans of this artist they want to learn that dance to perfect it both so they can show people how they like you know know how to do this dance it's almost like the macarena but done 1000 times so many different dances <laughs> and it's so that event was was that basically like every 20 seconds we'll switch to another k-pop song and yeah whoever whoever knew the dance which was a lot of people would jump into the center and just do it together so that yeah. was it was a super fun event we're hoping to do it again you know we we like we want to plan like at least something every month not necessarily a k-pop event like that but just community events because community is a huge part of what we do here but yeah. obviously with covid everyone's like community but also stay away so it's very <laughs> i don't know that's kind of a, a thing hopefully in the fall if not summer this year that we can do more of things like that just because mm. it's a great way to get people connected and just so having what, fun outside of the studio what was that event for like uh i think it was actually like in collaboration with the south korean society was that was that what it was? Yeah, so uh, it was in collaboration with um, this company called K-Art. They brought in an instructor from Korea to teach these classes, to teach a few workshops at our studio for that week, and then it all kind of culminated into this big event. Oh, so that was that was yeah. really fun, and you know, it, it was a great so, way to like have her visit. So as well. much fun, yeah! It was so much fun. I remember seeing it. I like, you know, it's right at the waterfront. It was like, oh man, COVID really messed a lot of things up. I know. We 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 also had a showcase that we were supposed to do last year. That was, you know, at the Albany Theater, and that that of course got canceled. So a lot of dancers, like we have drop-in classes, but we also have like a courses and training programs where people can like submit and like work on larger piece, performance pieces mm. and we were supposed to have a show and unfortunately that had to get canceled but this year we're still doing it but we're doing a virtual showcase so that's actually going to be announced very soon um oh, nice. and that'll include a lot of like performance um videos so it'll be a bit different than the videos you see on our instagram where it's like a minute of like choreography in like mm. you just kind of individuals performing this will be like Full group, a lot of visuals, a lot of scenes and pieces. So I'm excited oh. to release that soon. It'll be a good Yeah, project. that's that's <laughs> that's awesome. Um and so as a queer person of color, um did you have any uh issues, reservations with coming out or being accepted? I yeah i feel like being being in canada has like helped me a lot like i i didn't get to come out till i moved to canada like i think i came out a year about a year after moving here obviously it's something i knew for ever for as long as i can remember but um growing up in the middle east it's a little bit it's a lot more challenging to be a queer person there as any you know queer person in the middle east probably knows like a lot of culture um as well as like religious influences uh, people and there just isn't as much acceptance and support for queer people in other parts of the world um luckily in canada like it's been i was very involved with like because i went to dalhousie university and i was very involved with their pride parades and you know just dancing i my first time in the pride parade in halifax i was actually like dancing in the parade Oh, um, wow. 
So that was that was really fun and like a very like emotional experience mm. to like be walking and like being so free in front of thousands of people. Um, especially seeing older people. Like it's there's always this perception when you're like a young gay kid that's like, oh, the older people won't accept you, but it's like younger people you might have a better chance with. So it's kind of cool being in a city in a province where there's obviously there is there are still some issues. I'm not gonna deny that, but for the most part it's been at least for myself as like as like a third person of color here that I've been very embraced and supported in every way. Mm. Um and dance, of course, I kind of want to make sure that our studio is a safe space for um queer people to just be themselves and whatever you wanna be. If you wanna be more feminine, more masculine, whatever you are, like it's a place to be that. And I like I teach a heels class here and I'm a six foot I'm a six foot two man of color in a pair of heels, stilettos dancing around. Like that's that that's not something you would ever see back home. So over here it's almost like I teach it because I love it and it's super fun, but it's also a great way to just like when people see that, I always love when like people come to the studio for the class like before and after and just see me starting like just walking around the pair of heels. They're like, Oh, this is a thing and <laughs> even though they know it, it's like it's always still that first look is always kind of funny to just watch because people see it and it's like, it almost gives them the freedom to like, hey, if you can do that, I can do whatever the hell I want to. So it's very, yes, yes, you know, yes. freeing to do that here. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. I mean, and, and growing up, you know, back in the Middle East and realizing, okay, this is who I am, but also because of, uh, you know, religion, my surroundings, uh, my culture, or, or whatever the reasons, I, I have to keep this to myself. Uh, how difficult was that, and how did you deal with it? Uh, back, I guess back back in the Middle East, like, it was very, as a, as a kid, like, I, I definitely went through phases where I was, like, very depressed and unhappy because I, di I didn't know what my escape was, but once I decided and realized like I can, I can leave. Like, I don't have to stay here. Cause I just, I'm sure things have changed over there, but at the time I didn't really see any hope for myself to stay there and be who I am and be happy. So I kind of made it my goal to just, you know, stay with myself. I read a lot of books. I just kind of play video games. I was very much a loner as a kid which is the complete opposite of now. Now I'm like always wanting to hang out with people and be with people. But back then I would keep to myself because I was, I never wanted to make friends. Mm -hmm. Like anyone that was in my high school, they're like, oh, he doesn't talk to other people. And that's because like, not that I was being like a bitch or anything. I just, I was so scared of making mm -hmm. friends. Because I'm like, if I made friends, they might, they might realize that I'm gay or I might discover it and then I'll be caught and then I'll be punished or, you know, worse. So I very much kept to myself and, at the same time, you know, I read a lot of books that was kind of an escape for myself, you know, before dance and just worked very hard to make sure I got the grades, got the scholarships, got whatever the hell I needed to get to make sure that I can leave and go to Canada and get accepted to the universities that I wanted to go to. So yeah. it was, it was, it was terrible, but it was also a very good like driver for me to just like put my head down, stay focused and what I need to do to get out. Mm. 
Mm. You know, you mentioned dancing in heels. That that's what that those are one of some of the striking videos because like when you dance, you know, like you're really in it. At least in the videos, you can see that okay, you're having fun. But when you're wearing those heels, it's like a different person entirely. Like, am I reading wrong or? No, it's it, it is very much a different. It's, I don't want to say a different person. It's like almost like a heightened version of who I am in real life. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people like heels is probably one of our most popular styles in classes here because it's so like empowering to put on something that even even for women that is, is deemed as like, oh, that's like a sexual object or something that like, you know, is often perceived as like something that is more sexy or like not even slutty, but just something that is almost a little bit taboo per se. Mm -hmm. And but when you wear it and like you own it and you walk around and just kind of feel your body, love yourself. And, you know, some of the moves are very like, oh, my God, but like that's kind of what makes it super fun is because you can do that in front of a room of like 20 or whatever other people and they're all screaming mm -hmm. for you. Yeah. And there's, there's not many places where you can do that, where you can be, you know, a human, a very sexual being, um, and just be free and not be judged for it. Mm -hmm. I feel like if I did any of the stuff I would do in half of my classes in like a gen in, a, in a regular setting, it's like, what is going on here? Like, what are they <laughs> yeah. doing? Like, there's a lot of like looks yeah. and judgment, but like in that in a heel class, you can be, you can do those things and be mm. celebrated for it. Yeah. Um, is there a safe way to do, like? I mean, because it's heels first off. You know, you're standing where, but like you're doing these really intricate, really um, uh, fast-paced, like powerful moves with heels on. Like, is, is, is like is that just a, a class for advanced dancers or? No, like I mean, like we definitely have classes for advanced heel dancers, but it's there is a lot of technique behind it. I feel like people real, don't realize that heels. It is a shoe. At the end of the day, it is just a shoe. But you are, you know, on your toes, yeah. balancing on this little little stick if it's a stiletto yeah. um yeah. and so there, there is a there is a way to like hold your body and hold your weight and balance oh. yourself um so like we we have like beginner classes for heels that really focus on literally at every heels class we would walk we would go across the room line up and just walk down the room we'll teach how to walk um because sometimes walking in heels can be some of the hardest things for people to do even even more experienced dancers like you tell them to do a slow walk and they'll all start like wobbling like bambi um yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah there's a lot of technique behind it so because before you can start doing the crazy stuff and like turning and like, all these fast intricate movement like you need to know how to keep your balance and how to walk mm. and because once all that's done the rest is just you know performance and choreography and just living in it Mm, mm. um oh so so you you say you have dropping classes but um I'm, I'm like i i go on the website or instagram like i like this i want to do it what do i do um uh, we so there's two ways people get started here most people they they come here for the drop-in classes so they're super convenient you can kind of just jump in any time there's no like set start or set finish you get a membership or a punch card, and then you just go on our website, buy a drop-in pass or a membership, and book your spot. 
So that's, it's very easy to do. And then you come in, someone will show you around and you just kind of jump right into the class. Obviously pick the level that's appropriate for you. So if, if you've ever danced before, we always say start with the level one beginner classes just yeah. so you don't get too overwhelmed. There's always going to be a bit of a challenge. Um, but we also, what, what, what's been really popular recently is over the past few months, we've been doing these intro to dance courses is what we're calling them. So it's like four weeks where you just jump in, you'll learn the most basic thing, like count, counting to eight. Maybe I should take <laughs> the course myself. Yeah. Um, and, you know, very small, simple things that apply to like any style of dance. So it's a really great, like, almost like a foundation before doing drop-ins or while doing drop-ins just to make sure it's a better, easier experience for you to take drop-in classes. Mm -hmm. um, but basically, like, it's all on our website, housebase.com, go in, sign up. It's, we're very, like, digital. I hate paper. I hate paper with a passion. <laughs> so <laughs> trying to keep everything virtual, um, at least from a registration perspective, has been you know, really great for us. It helps us grow without having to do too much paperwork on our end. Yeah. Do you have other instructors at House of Eight? Sorry, what was that? Do you have other instructors at House of Eight? Yes. So we have about a dozen instructors, um, some that are, well, more than that, if you consider like rotating instructors, we have people that teach one or two classes a week. We have teachers that teach almost like 10 classes a week here. Um, they're all like so different and incredible and just so great at what they do. Um, there's people that are from Nova Scotia that have been here for years that I've, that I've known for a long time. And some of them, are, they come from other places. Like we have an instructor that moved here from Columbia. And I remember her sending me an email, which was like, Hey, I'm moving to Canada. Would love to meet. And like, I did not know who she was. She kind of just came out of nowhere and sent me her resume. And I was like, Oh my God. And then we met up and she's been like such a great instructor at the studio. Everyone loved her and just like a really great friend of mine. Um, mm. And we have like so many other people like that who just found us and have become part of the family that we have here. And, you know, they're all different. Everyone's so great in their own way. Um, people mm. come to my classes, people go to their classes. Um, and we're, just, you know, hoping to grow over time, get more teachers. Obviously right now we just have the one room here. So in time I would like to grow to have more than one room or you just space just so we can accommodate more classes, more teachers mm. and more styles. But, you know, goal number one is survive COVID and then, yeah, and then we'll, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll go from there. Uh, man, Abadi, this, this has been just such a wonderful time and I'm learning so much. Um, and I'm going to let you go, but before I do, uh, I want to say, right, you know, so you've come, Move, follow your passion, build this business. What are some things you've learned that, you know, you wish, I don't know, teen, young, Abadi, way back in the Middle East, learned or knew someone in such a situation uh, that might be listening or watching the show? What is something you want them to learn and understand? It's hard. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I would say um, some things are that you think are going to be really difficult are a lot easier than you'd expect. But then there are some things that I thought were going to be really easy that were like the biggest challenge and just never stop being challenged. So it's 
you definitely have to be okay with rolling with the punches and not overstressing things. Like there's problems. There's always an issue. There's something every day. If there's a day without a problem, I'm like something's wrong. There's no, there's no fire that needs to put out. So <laughs> it's, you have to be very calm and just patient and just learning to like adapt at all times. I feel like that's like the most important skill you can have beyond, mm-hmm. over anything else. Um, other than that, I would say just, you know, communicate with people and just appreciate the people around you be patient with them mm-hmm. and i guess third is learn about money like that has been such a hard thing for me to figure out because like i did marketing I, I went to school for business but they don't actually teach you like the day-to-day finances and like managing your own cash flow and accounting and taxes like i i took an accounting course but Nobody remembers what they learned in university. Like, that's all, like, <laughs> it's the, the real world accounting and, like, managing, like, how to, you know, be profitable and make money and manage that money and all that kind of stuff. Like, that is so – there's a lot of great resources online. Um, mm-hmm. I have a whole bunch that I have. But if anyone wants to message me, I'll send them to you. Um, they're really – they've really helped me better manage our finances. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, during covid before COVID, our finances were a hot mess. I'll tell you that. Like I, I was doing things, but I also didn't know. But now mm. I feel like I'm finally getting a bit more control over, or at least more awareness. So mm-hmm. that has been, that I think has really helped us survive COVID and you know mm. continue to do well. Um, so yeah, do that. Manage your money. At the end of the day, if you have no money, the business won't be here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, Abadi, thank you so much and thank you for what you're doing with House of Eight. It was great to have you in the sanctuary. No, thank you for having me. This was this was a great little Friday afternoon chat to have. <laughs>